Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. <laughs> Got to finish that kolache, didn't you? Had to finish that bite of kolache before you It's still in my teeth. Say. It's still in my teeth. Mm. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's one of those things when you're not here, you learn all kinds of things about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my best to not touch this microphone. <laughs> Because it really is just a nerd. I mean, it's sitting right in front of my face. It feels right. like something I should be, you know, moving around. But anyway. But here's uh, the thing. You've got it, and it's sitting perfect. Like, it's not drifting or anything. When when Chris was sitting there, it was, like, constantly drifting down. Yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta mess with it to get it right. It needs a little TLC. But what are you going to do? It takes a professional touch. Yeah, True that. Professional True it's that. like it's about... It's like the mechanic. You take your car to the mechanic, That's and right. it never does what it is doing for you for the mechanic. That's right. Well, can IT you make problems. it make the sound? What does it sound <laughs> what like? What does it man? sound like? <laughs> <laughs> can you fix that? Anyway, you know that reference, Paul? <laughs> Little Brian Regan there. I was going to guess it, but I had no idea. Yeah. I, I was going to say Brian Regan. Just it sounds like the tone. He was doing it in Brian Regan's tone, mm-hmm. which is pretty recognizable. I've never, yeah, I've never watched Brian Regan. There's some good stuff he's got. Sometime, mm. yeah, he's pretty clean. So, oh we yeah, like that. we we recommend the Brian. Um, yeah, man, it's so so good for for all of us to be back together. Hey, has yeah. it been a while since it's we've all four well, been here? I mean, maybe a couple weeks. I was say, I think it's been like didn't we? it's felt like a lot longer to me. Well, we had a long stretch there without Paul, so that's right. true. I'm just glad that Paul's back. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah, sure. The people want to know. <laughs> Is he? Hey, we found out we have more than eleven people. Yeah, thirty-two. So that's I mean, devices. we two hundred percent. So increase. yeah, so that's yeah, that's I'm I'm listening on three devices. John's <laughs> listening on three or four. Two, yeah, two. I just Paul, I just two. Paul, how many are you listening on? My wife listens. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that counts on one. Two. At one and a half speed. <laughs> I don't think mine does, so uh, I don't know which is better. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Nice. My, my, uh, my, all my other podcasts ran out again the other day, and so, so I got to listen to it again. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That is it great. Was awesome. I made Maggie, right? I asked for, for Maggie to listen to <laughs> wow. listen to one when we were driving um, to Dallas, to and I was like, what do you think? She said, it's fun. It's, I was like, great. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. You know. Exactly. So it's entertaining. Sure glad Paul's there. It is entertaining. Bring and some actual I, content. I remember now what I, what I said that once day. Oh, it was last time with Sherrod when I said, yeah. I, this is a podcast I would listen to because I love getting the sneak preview type of thing. So if I, like last week, getting to listen to Chris's sermon, getting to engage with Chris's sermon, knowing where he's going with some of his thoughts, that doesn't ruin things for me. It's like... Oh, he's going to do that thing now. He's going to do the, that was so cool. And, and sure enough, he did it just like he said he would. So yep. anyway, and I like he did that. a good job. He did an really excellent good. job, yep. man. Especially, I felt like, especially the first half, I was just, yeah, I was like, man, I'm just my hair blown back type of, um, it was, that was his, his connection. I, how did I miss that? Peter is the guy who's constantly resisting Jesus suffering. Mm-hmm. And now he does, he writes about it nonstop. Yeah. I, I I would I had not made that connection. I don't think I was gonna make that connection. You you that's won't so make good. that mistake now. Oh my gosh! That's, yes, that's, of all the people. Yeah, well, I just love that. That was so powerful. That's gonna go on for a while. Yep. Oh, we're just now hitting the the meat of that conversation. Yeah, the meat of suffering for sure. Um, in fact, part of today's conversation, I wanted you guys to get y'all's thoughts is 
this little section we're in now, um, I'll start in verse 19, which is picking up where Sherrod left off last Sunday, which is tough, and I'm going to make that comment in the sermon. It's because you're starting in the middle of a sentence, but if you go back, you go back, okay, we'll go back a, the sentence before, but it begins with the word for. So uh -huh. when you go back the sentence before that, well, it begins with the word for. <laughs> so you go back the sentence before, the thought before. You have to go all the way back to verse 14 to find the beginning of a cohesive thought, but even it's just continuation of the thought. So it's very much so difficult, but I'm going to start there anyway. In which, meaning the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven, and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. So, simple. Yep, good. Got it. All right, just Everybody's, moving along, right? Yeah. What's the problem? I don't understand. <laughs> um, so, so, so baptism saves you. <laughs> yeah, that's all you heard in that, right? Yeah. That's right. Um, I want right. to spend the majority of the sermon on baptism, but you can't ignore, you can't pretend like that whole angel, I mean, a spirits, spirits in prison thing isn't there. And so I'm going to kind of unpack some of the theories on that and why I think it's there. But let me, let me give you the, or what its connection is. Uh, here's the big question for us today. Why is this section here at all? Is this, is this just nothing more than, and, and by the way, I would be okay if this is the correct answer. Is this nothing more than Peter kind of going on an ADHD tangent? This is just what's on his mind. It's what he's thinking about. So he makes this sudden leap over to, because he, he's just referencing that Jesus did this thing in the spirit, right? It's not that big a deal. He just says, um, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. He could have ended the thought there very easily. Mm -hmm. He was put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit. This is a common teaching by Paul and many others. The flesh and the spirit are in contradiction at times. And one is the kind of the source of our death, and one is the source of our life. And I mean, it's it's not, it could, could easily could have ended the thought right there. And instead, he, the word spirit triggers the whole in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Like it, he feels they need to unpack the word spirit here. Why? Thoughts? Um, I've actually got 18 and 19 and just 18 and 19, which uh, surprised me as a subset, like a, um, not subset. It's like a typeset off whatever you call it, where it looks like it's a poem. Hmm. Just 18 and 19 though. And that's in the NET. It's not in the ESV. Mm -mm. Um, but um, it gives the oh, like explanation. It's a song? Yeah, this or passage has been typeset as like poetry that? because many scholars regard this as a uh, passage as poetic or hymnic. These terms are used broadly to refer to the genre of writing, not to the content. There are two broad criteria for determining if the passage is poetic or hymnic, stylistic and <laughs> linguistic. Um yeah, classifying a passage as hymnic or poetic is important because understanding this genre can provide keys to interpretation. However, not all scholars agree that this passage uh, meets the criteria. <coughs> wow. Um, it's a tentative decision about its genre. And it's just 18 and 19 only? Yeah. So what I would say is, and this is um, a theory yeah. being thrown out, that if 
if, uh, you know, like before, um, in uh, three ten through twelve, if he if if Peter is quoting something in this, yeah, and eighteen and nineteen are what's quoted, yeah, then twenty makes sense because he's actually unpacking what he quoted in nineteen as part of a quote. As yeah. in like he's explaining, like he's explaining, right? Um, so I again, I don't know if that's the case. I'm not trying to whatever, but it is like I would say that that's at least a theory um, that 19 is part of a quote. That the and reason it, that 19 exists is because he's actually quoting something that that is 18 and 19. 18 and 19. That, I've actually never heard that one, and at least it would explain why he continues on through the thought, right? I, and I would say, like, again, I'm not reading a commentary that's telling me that. I'm inferring from what I'm seeing in this and what okay. the and what the NET Bible actually said about that passage. And they were also, as you heard, very clear to say that not everybody agrees. So this could be just whatever. But that's at least a uh, explanation of it. Yep. There's some other possible explanations of why he feels the need to expound on this any other thoughts on why it's i mean it accomplishes here yes i think what it accomplishes at least in in that sense is more clear than the content of what is actually presented because what it what he ultimately accomplishes is he accomplishes god's willingness to send his son to suffer and the suffering nature of christ connected to i think the suffering and the persecution of his chosen people through a messenger who carries his message and his voice, this would be Noah, and then extends beyond that to even you, and now even to us as we would continue to read this. And so I think I think what he he does accomplish in this is he's putting this, you know, as as Chris Sherrod put it in last week's sermon, this isn't God's backup plan. This right. isn't oops, plan A failed. Let's come up with plan B, yeah. and that'll be sending my son down to do down to the earth to do something because yeah. This has all gone awry. Right. That this exactly. is this has been the plan the whole time. And so I think that this historical account and connection, again, to even the Gentile audience, to this Jewish people established in Noah, that this is the history that was going on in his voice, which is apparently God's voice in him, Jesus' voice accomplishing through Noah. Right. And the message is here here he stands on a truth and is going to be ridiculed and is going to be uh, experience suffering and outcast, and then will be delivered. And that's the same thing Christ accomplishes on the cross, and that's the same thing we will experience in this world. But because of what he accomplished, we will have something else. Okay. So that's, and that's kind of the, um, uh, I know it's a, not an uncommon way of understanding this, that the reason that what it's saying here is interpreting the spirits in prison whole thing is that. Jesus is speaking through the same spirit that Noah spoke through, or that Noah was speaking through the spirit of Jesus, right? In that message, and that's. But even if that, even if, even if that isn't the tenant right. held, the mention of Noah, I think, does accomplish yep. the tie-in again, an, a historical God's people tie to suffering, right. and now Christ, yep. and now you, and now everybody to come who's going to read this letter. It's a. Did you guys know that there's a a strong argument? that Jesus came out of the tomb on the same day of the year that Noah came out of the ark. Have y'all ever heard that? Mm-mm. I would, heard that. I'm not surprised by that at it, all. It, um, 
there's there obviously not surprisingly there's discussion because no one mm-hmm. knows for sure so either no one knows for sure either date right um and <laughs> but but they uh, yeah, clarify there there's discussion over what day of the week Jesus died uh, quite a yeah. bit of discussion still this is actually I was talking to um John Keeling about this because yeah. uh, I I tend to be a little more on his side um, than your side about uh, places being. Oh, yeah, being sacred. sacred. Being yeah. sacred. It has nothing to do, in my mind, it has nothing to actually do with um, even my ability to know which places are sacred. Mm-hmm. But God, who knows not only every hair on your head, but every, like, atom, every piece of matter, knows exactly where Abraham sacrificed Isaac or right. was going to sacrifice. Excuse me. Was going to sacrifice Isaac. He knows exactly where each of these things happened. He knows all of that. And if we, you know, when we get to heaven, if we find out that there were a bunch of places that all of these things happened at the same time or on the same yeah, day right, or yeah. mm-hmm. in the same place, like I don't think any of us are going to be surprised. No, by not that. at all. Not at all. And I think that I would be willing to go with sacred dates before I'd be willing to go with sacred places. No, that's I, a fascinating. I, I understand yeah. what you're saying, but but it's the same thing in my mind. Right. That. Um, we may not be able to like judging. We right. we may be like, I would say we are very ill equipped to be able to decide right. which one is which and because of why. But yes, I do think that God knows all of that and is uh, probably <laughs> sure. gonna surprise all of us with how often stuff like that happened. Yeah, um, I hit you know just his knowledge because of he because he knows everything and everyone and all of these stories, right. his knowledge of like, you know, you get excited when you see the, like on this day in yes. 1872, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happened and yep. this person was here or something like that. It's like, yeah, on my birthday, I was like looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this atrocity happened. No! <laughs> okay. Weird, weird, uh, weird, out the candle. weird <laughs> little, uh, trivia. My dad's birthday is September 11th. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. My father-in-law's birthday is April 29th, the day of the Oklahoma City oh, gosh. bombing. Um, That's and the, terrible. The, like, but it's not hard for us to remember. Like the two worst yeah. <laughs> domestic terrorist yeah. things anybody, in the world. Anybody born in December? Oh, in we watched the dates. We <laughs> oh wow. We're like oh shoot, interesting. There, What's another one going to hit? Well, Kobe Sherrod was born on September 11th, 2001. Like there you go. Yeah, Katie was in labor when it was happening. Explains a lot. <laughs> You know Kobe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, there you but go. anyway, sorry. Sacred dates. On a lighter note, it's yeah. my <laughs> wife's birthday today. Yes, oh, it is. Hey, happy birthday, Joe. Hey, let's wait, go. Wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> hey, that was a good. <laughs> that that kind of worked. What color was that, that Colson? Pink. Pink. Of course, pink, it was pink. pink for girl. That should definitely stay pink. Anyway, happy birthday, Jill. Sorry we missed it because you're going to not hear this on your birthday. <laughs> on your birthday. <laughs> Happy belated birthday. Happy belated right. birthday. That's great. Um, so another uh, reference to this uh, I, or something that I've heard is uh, that this is um, him. This is Peter referencing the book of Enoch. Yeah. I'm actually going to. I'm going to give the three kind of main most common theories uh-huh. on it. And and I this is definitely one of those where it doesn't doctrinally you're not going to mess anything up really right 
I lend, I, I lend myself, it lends itself towards convincing me that that's the best explanation. Right. Um, that he's referencing. And, and even just, just to take a second, the book, the book of Enoch, as I'm understanding it more and more is, uh, is really, they treated the book of Enoch the way we treat C.S. Lewis mm. is they, they didn't think of it as it's scripture. not, it's, it's not scripture. It's not, it's not necessarily inspired by God. It's not whatever, but, but they wove it into a lot of their thinking. And so, and, and they just, they would reference it the way we reference C.S. Lewis in, yeah, man, wasn't this guy amazingly insightful? I mean, it's a, when we're trying to put things into words, we can kind of simplify it easily by using a C.S. Lewis quote, like, you know, when he, when he says, you're not a, people ask if you have a soul. I'm like, no, you are a soul. You have a body. You're like, yeah, why can't I say things like that? That's just. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't actually agree with C.S. Lewis. <laughs> you know. I actually don't either on that one, but it's a great. Uh, uh, Love him. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the uh, it's the turn of phrase. He's, a, he's, he's got a, a really great yeah. way of saying he's not a uh, tame lion. That's right, exactly. That's I mean, the number example. of times that that showed up in uh, just songs. Right. Um, I was listening to some song the other day, and I was like, "Oh, that was a C.S. Lewis quote." <laughs> That's kind of fun. <clears throat> but I'm gonna I'm gonna reference and and just explain all three of the most common. One is the one Paul just referenced. Piper has that one. Um. That makes a good argument for it, and it's so you're all. I'm always like, so it's probably true. Uh, the idea that there are Old Testament saints who had died but were stuck in a position of disobedience from the time of Noah and needed to be restored, referencing like what Peter's going to say later about you know preaching to the people who are who are preaching to people who are already dead, or mm-hmm. um, you know what it says it talks about in Ephesians four about him descending. Jesus, if Jesus ascended, what does it mean? But that he descended. Some people reference that or. Anyway, all of those things, and and so like none of these fall outside the character of Jesus. This verse is ironically part of where we get the the one version of the Apostles' Creed that has he descended into hell. Yeah, because that's that's really from this, which is ironic because this almost certainly doesn't say that. And it's of of the options, that's not really one of the choices here. But you don't think he's talking about hell? I don't think hell, huh? Mm-hmm. Prison is a different. It's a different word, a different concept here. Um, or it is because in Enoch you do have the account of Enoch being sent to these spiritual beings that had rebelled against God in Enoch in the book of Enoch in not in the Enoch. Bible in the Bible the only real reference to Enoch is that he was taken taken that's right um, which is he was there and then he wasn't it's a was he was a son of Cain is it is he a son or a he's the great grandfather of Noah so whatever wherever that puts him in the I can't lineage. remember if he's the son or the grandson of Cain? I think probably grandson. Um, nope, Cain. Cain's wow. son. Okay. Um, yeah, Cain had, what, like four sons or something like that, four or five, and they all are different kind of. Yeah, it's Genesis. so hard, too, because, like, uh, Cain arrived in the land of Nod. Enoch, I mean, they lived for so long back then. Right, Enoch. There's some thought that he was there at the flood. Yep. Which oh, he would have died in the flood. Like what? Yeah, there's some. <laughs> there's definitely some challenges. Or, or, or you know, he got taken right before. He didn't die in the flood because he got taken. Maybe, and then, uh, maybe that's he was right. Taken he was right before the flood. Yeah, exactly. To avoid the flood, as yep. the waters was gathering around his feet, and then he was not. And then he wasn't. Um, 
Yeah, there's so much. I know uh, John Keeling's class has been unpacking some of these passages and wrestling yeah. through them, and it is not easy. No. I mean, you have people who died out in the flood who then turn up later, and we just don't know how to interpret some of that stuff. And it's it's okay that we don't. That's not a mm. hardship. It's it's we're probably trying to look at it in a way it wasn't intended to be looked at sometimes, but. But the irony is, here's here's my opinion at this point is, and it's kind of what you were saying a second, Paul is. I think that's here because if you keep working your way back in the passage, this whole passage is about Christ identifying with us, and then yeah. we identifying with Christ, yeah. and and that fits perfectly. This little section fits perfectly with that. That it moves into this idea of how baptism, we are identified with. Christ identified with Noah mm-hmm. in this sense. We are identified with Christ in this sense, and therefore Noah in this sense. And it's a, it's just it's just Peter continuing to unpack the idea of identification. So I'm actually probably going to use a. I may have to get a picture of you and Cade. I'm going to tell about you, why your head is shaved. Okay. Um, and and connecting that with the fact that you are you're identifying with your son yep. in that situation, and we've all seen those you know those heartbreaking you know, tear jerk videos of the, yeah, you know, the no, woman who's was, lost her hair. And- this was not that. I mean, my son was crying, but it was not at all him having cancer. So <laughs> yeah. please don't bring that up on Sunday because my wife will absolutely. No, I, I'm not going to She will indicate the same thing. Um, That's the reason she doesn't want him, any of our kids to have their heads shaved. Oh my gosh. It really? reminds her of uh, cancer patients. Yeah. And the idea of her child being a cancer patient. Oh goodness gracious. Yeah. Horrifying to her, yeah, which I totally understand, dog. but oh at the same gosh, time, yes. I shave my head all the time Yeah, before we got married and miss it a lot, so this is actually really nice for me right now. <laughs> Wasn't a huge uh No, for sacrifice. me, it was not a sacrifice. I I definitely was identifying with my son, but... um, Who had cut his own hair. Who had cut his own hair, and, and we shaved his head in order to not make it just keep looking. I mean, it was, I mean, it was sticking up in the front. <laughs> But he had like longer hair coming up over oh, yeah. it. It was oh, it was so bad, guys. Did you take a picture? No, I didn't. Um, I, I did. I did. Uh, I when I first shaved his head, I just shaved the top. Yeah. So he had like the old man the old horseshoe, man. <laughs> and I sent him in to uh, show his mom because <laughs> I was like, I'm done. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's not what we did. <laughs> we shaved his whole anyway. Um. Yeah, and that's. It, I even like the fact that you kind of identified with him, the consequences of his sin. Yeah. I think, I think I can probably run with that a little bit that sure you took on the consequences of his sin, which was, mm-hmm. you know, he cut his own hair and didn't have permission to. Right. Um, I could, I could leave Michael alone with a pair of scissors for 30 minutes and then I would have another sermon illustration. <laughs> there you I go. Could, I could, um, it, it happened at school. I did not. Oh, even better. Hand my son scissors. Yeah, that was a for for Michael's. I don't remember what year it was, but there was a year of we have to keep all scissors up high and hidden. If you left a pair of scissors down within reach of him, you would find him cutting his hair with it. I mean, it was like he could. He's like had a radar for them, like a t- like an alarm went off and it said, "There are scissors in reach of my hands. <laughs> Go find them now." <laughs> I don't know well, how Kay, many times he did, that. did find some scissors one time and cut Trusty's hair. <laughs> well, that's nice. It's not nice. <laughs> Those are that's the dog, right? Yeah, that's the expensive dog, dude. They're expensive to anyway. Anyway, whole other issue. 
Um, I I really do think John, that Peter is just is just running loose with this concept of identification here. I think he just, um, but I don't know. I don't know what y'all's views are. So I'm just I'm actually curious your opinions on the idea that that Jesus was this this put a lot put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. Um, that sounds a little gnostic, the language. And I, I know Peter's not making the claim that Jesus was only resurrected in spirit, not in body. Mm. Um, do you think he's just making... So one, it's interesting if there is a song there that he's just quoting and they knew it, that would certainly help us understand why he says what he says here. But, but So that's Gnostic, like believing that Jesus did not... Uh, Gnostic would be that, that, yeah, that there's a... A separation between the bodily resurrection and or what were you saying? Sorry, between yeah. the body and the spirit. The, okay. the body and the spirit are are distinct, and that the body is bad, bad, and the spirit is good, and so the spirit would have been what was resurrected, and not the right. body. Cool. Um, you have you have numerous passages in the Bible that make sense when you understand that the the author is trying to make it clear that it's not it's not just spirit. Some people think even that Jesus was trying to clarify that by doing things like eating in mm, his resurrected yeah. body oh, okay. to make clear. Interesting. This is, you know, don't don't wonder what I what has happened yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, 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 I yeah. have physically resurrected. Um, my body is a is a new imperishable body. Okay. And that that is a significant difference. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And and that's true that you were asking. That's that's where I probably lay on it is the flesh is simply the the physical limitations, the suffering that he identified with, what he had came to do, and then the spirit is just a reference to his post-resurrected state. Okay. And then that's why it says now, in when it continues, in which it would be the right. post-resurrected Jesus mm-hmm. now is continuing. And so I, I think it's just that, that marker. Yeah. Because it's, here's what's interesting. There's a sense in which, it, it is one of the important things is, Someone can torture your flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they can burn your flesh. It can be eaten by animals. It can be flayed and crucified and all those things. But it's not. It's not possible for the world to torture the spirit. the The spirit in us. It is. It is a. Uh, the spirit in us is dis, is is independent. It's dependent on God, and it's would not be capable of being destroyed by the world. That's why you wouldn't fear the world. You would fear the one who has the power over our mm-hmm. spirit, power over our soul. So we can we can experience torment in spirit potentially from spirits. But um, anyway, I think that's it's a he goes in the spirit to the spirits in prison. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that one's a little problematic too. And it and this yeah. is an interesting note on it. Um, so the plural here, spirits, uh, in the New Testament, only one other place, and it's Hebrews 12, is that a reference to human beings. Right. Every other reference, and this is Matthew, Mark 1, 3, 5, 6, Luke 4, mm-hmm. and Luke 6, Acts 5, and Revelation 16, all describe evil spirits. Mm. And so again, this view that this is the human right. spirits that are, you know, in Sheol, in waiting, and then he's going down and, and proclaiming. Yeah, which is why some people think that he's actually proclaiming to the demons. Yeah, right. 
And I think, again, that would either lend to a specific event where you're talking about the dissension and ascension things, or yeah. would just be the general tie into all history, which is just a triumphal proclamation. Yeah. Which again, the latter is what I tend to go with that. This is the, this is the overall universal state, right? Jesus now resurrected, mm-hmm. Jesus now victorious. Mm-hmm. And then now he's connecting it, connecting his victory to us. That yep. We can be victorious in it. It's a, but also the, the distinction he makes here between uh, the, uh, flesh and the spirit and alive in the spirit and everything like that um, is a good, like I would say a good um, reminder argument, whatever, like in, in case you start trying to make baptism about uh, mm-hmm. what saves you, that baptism is, is what is happening on the outside. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not the salvation that we're talking about. The salvation of your flesh yeah, is not like, that's not important. That's not what it's not the washing off. Yeah, it's not right. the washing off of physical dirt, um, but as he says, uh, the pledge of a good conscience to God. You want to talk about conscience? I'm I'm intrigued. I've got to do some more research on it because listening to some different sermons and podcasts on it, um, what I have heard and have not been able to dive in and confirm is that this idea of why that translation, um, the appeal to God for a good conscience or the pledge to God of a good conscience is creates the picture of of a someone who is declaring themselves on a certain team. Yeah. Like I am on this side. This is where I am devoted. Um where kind of wearing the jersey concept of uh this is this is where I am. This is what I've appealed to. This is the pledge that I have made yeah. to God. It's not just I feel good about what I it's when we use the word conscience we're like you need to have a clear conscience. Yeah. Meaning don't 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 hide, don't don't be sneaky or don't cheat. That's not it's not that simple a concept. It's not hey God, make me feel good about what the decisions that I make. It is I am I am setting myself, I am pledging myself, I'm promising myself rightly on this yeah. side of things. This is motorcycle club patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What I, okay. Yeah. What I was gonna say is gotta, yeah. so <laughs> at least at least in this idea of identification that fits well for right. here and that fits well well back in verse sixteen is that this is, again, Christ is going to put to shame the slanderers because you're in good conscience. Why? What does that mean? You're with him. Right. You're not going to be put to shame. They're going to be put to shame because you're in good conscience. You're with him. And that makes sense of then why it would be able to be, you would be able to continue with verse right. 17. There we go. We're, so identification is going to be the key this Sunday, it sounds like. And it's going to keep building for sure. <laughs>